the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom and welcome to the Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we are serving in Wesley Chapel, Tampa, St. Pete, and our newest location, South Bay in Riverview, along with Conexion, our Spanish-speaking congregation in Tampa. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King. Oh Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for Yeshua, our Messiah who has atoned for our sins. We thank you, Lord, that you have created a community of people who love you, a remnant. And though many might be not faithful, there are many who are, and I thank you for them. I thank you for your heart, the heart of Messiah. And I pray, O Lord, that this... this, um, program would disseminate information that would be leading others to the heart of Messiah. So we bless you, we thank you and honor you, and give you all the glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, today we're going to look at the celebration of Purim, which is from the book of Esther, We realize that there are many things that we can learn from this story, both practically and prophetically. Now, Purim is actually on Thursday, March 24th. And if you'd like to come to a fun celebration, you can come to our services in Tampa on Friday night or Saturday morning. Our Tampa synagogue will have a short play and we'll have adults and children dressed up in biblical costumes. In fact, if you come, dress up in a biblical costume, okay? You can find us on the web at shereshdavid.org and get our address and every all the other information you would need. The book of Esther is all about being under persecution and not allowing it to bring you down physically or emotionally. You know, reminds me of the scripture in the New Covenant, uh, Matthew 5:10, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. 
For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, Jewish people have gone through persecution as long as they've been a people. And now we see it with Christians, too, are being persecuted. But when you carry the truth with you and desire to live it, persecution follows. It's like in Second Timothy 3.12, it says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Messiah Yeshua will suffer persecution. That about says it, don't you think? <laughs> are you going to learn to rejoice or be bitter when we go through persecution, that's going to be the question. We are to rejoice and go forward, and we are to focus on solutions, not on the problem. And I believe that Purim is all about that. Before we learn more about Purim and its application in our lives, let me offer you a wonderful resource for Purim and all the of the scriptural appointed times, the, the holy days. Uh, some people call them the Jewish holidays, but they're really not. Biblically, they're the holy days or appointed times. The book is called God's Appointed Times. It's written by a Messianic rabbi by the name of Barney Kasdan. And each chapter offers historical background, traditional Jewish observance, relevance to the new covenant, uh, prophetic significance, and a practical guide guide for believers, including recipes, songs, and arts and crafts. So we'll send you this book for a love gift of $25. Look, well, most of the time I like to send out things free, but unfortunately I can't do it with this. So if you send us $25 or more, we'll send you the book. Just ask for it. It is God's Appointed Times. Would you call Karen in our office 813-831-5673 and she'll take care of it for you. Well, listen, besides persecution, Purim is also about the physical salvation of the Jewish people. The holiday of Purim is named that because of the uh, of Esther 9, verse 24. For Haman, uh, son of Hemindatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had schemed against the Jews to destroy them and had cast the poor that is, the lot, to ruin and destroy them. Now, uh, one of the customs is reading the entire Purim story from the Scroll of Esther, and that is called the Megillah. In fact, that has worked its way into our English language. Somebody might say, hey, I'm going to tell you the whole Megillah, which means the whole story, okay? When Haman's name is mentioned, we have these groggers or noisemakers, and and the kids use those, uh, or or the people boo, right in the middle of the story. So things get a little crazy uh, at this service coming up. The time period of Purim is approximately three hundred uh, and sixty years before Yeshua. 
The Persian king Cyrus I gave permission for the Jews to return to Israel and to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, but not all the Jews left Babylon. And so this uh, takes place in, in Shushan, in Babylon. And after Cyrus died, Ahasuerus, in a dramatic power struggle, took over the kingdom. He was a cruel man, and he took his wife, Vashti, from the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar, the former king of Babylon. It was Nebuchadnezzar who was responsible for the destruction of the temple and the exile of the Jews from their land. So we start with, and I'm going to give you an overview of the story, and then if we don't have time today to get into the applications, we'll definitely have time next Sunday, so come back. Okay, so uh, in chapter one, we see King Hashuerus throws a party. It's actually a six-month celebration, can you believe it, in the third year of his reign. Now, his queen, Queen Vashti, refuses the king's request to display her beauty in front of the guests. The king advi- king's advisors counsel uh, King Hashuerus that Vashti should re- be replaced with a new queen because of her refusing. Uh, so in chapter 2, uh, that happens. Uh, they have a beauty contest. They identify all the beautiful candidates, and a Jewish girl called Esther, the niece of Mordecai, is brought to the capital of Persia as one of the candidates. Mordecai tells Esther to conceal her identity, and for six months she has beauty treatments, which is what all of the contestants had. Esther then is brought to the king, and he chooses her. Mordecai learns of a plot also in chapter 2 to overthrow the king, and Mordecai informs Esther. She's now the queen. Esther tells the king, and the plotters are hanged. This becomes important later on. Chapter 3, Ahasuerus appoints Haman to be his prime minister. And you can all boo out in radio land every time I say Haman. (laughs) And he uh, required everybody to bow before him. But Mordecai, the Jew, would not bow down. Haman vows to kill the Jews for that very reason. And Haman asks permission of Ahasuerus to destroy all the Jews. A royal edict on the 13th of Adar was the date to kill all the Jews and take their possessions. Well, in chapter 4, Mordecai tears his clothes and puts on sackcloth and ashes as a sign of public mourning because of this decree. He sends it to Esther and asks her to intercede with the king. Esther replies that to approach the king without being asked is to risk death. Mordecai tells her in a famous verse in chapter 4, verse 13, that she has no choice. It says, Mordecai Mordecai told him to reply to Esther with this answer. Do not think in your soul that you will escape in the king's household more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have attained royal status for such a time as this? So Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. 
Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days night, or three days or nights. My maids and I will fast in the same way. Afterwards, I'll go into the king, even though it is not according to the law. So if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai left and did all that Esther commanded him. And I've got to just break. I want to comment later, but I've just got to say this. Here's Uncle Mordecai listening to Esther. And I I believe one of the principles of Scripture is that when you make yourself a sacrifice, first off, you'll never be a victim. But second of all, when you sacrifice, there's power in that. And Mordecai had no problem following Esther who was willing to die. In other words, once she said that she was willing to sacrifice her life, Mordecai said, okay, tell me what you want to do. All right? And and this is a principle that we should all... We, unfortunately, everything's upside down in our world, and we think the more bombastic we are, the more arrogant we are, the more assured we are, that's when people will follow us. But people want to follow a humble leader. any rate, before I get off on that and make that the teaching for today... Um, Esther tells Mordecai to ask the Jews to fast and pray for three days. Now, that's so interesting because, number one, God is not mentioned in the entire book of Esther. Isn't that interesting? And prayer is also not mentioned in the entire book of Esther. But God and prayer seem to be all through the story without being mentioned. And that's another teaching as to why part of Scripture, which is the book of Esther, has no mention of God and has no mention of prayer. But I'm going to leave you hanging on that one. We're going to continue because I want to at least finish the story today. King Ahasuerus receives Esther and grants her virtually anything she wants. Esther says, hey, join me along with Haman and we'll have a banquet. After the banquet, Haman sees Mordecai, who once again refuses to bow. And he comes home and he complains to his wife. I can picture it now. His wife, her name was Zeresh. And she suggests that Mordecai be hanged. And so um, Haman thought that was a great idea. So he uh, prepares these gallows for Mordecai. But in chapter 6, we see the beginning of the reversal. The king can't sleep. He asks for uh, to hear the royal chronicles, and the king learns of the assassination plot that Mordecai had revealed. And he says, wait a minute, I didn't do anything to help Mordecai to, to bless him for doing that for me. Now, that same night, Haman comes to see the king about hanging Mordecai. But before Haman can speak, the king tells Haman to honor Mordecai by dressing him in royal garments, to place him in, uh, on a royal stallion, and to personally lead him through the streets of Shushan. Now, you can imagine how Haman was fuming at this point. Chapter 7, we see the second banquet. Esther reveals her identity to the king, and she announces that she and her people are about to be killed. 
Well, uh, obviously the king didn't like that, so he decided to make Haman the one who goes on the gallows that were prepared for Mordecai. Chapter 8, we see that the reversal is, is pretty much completed. Mordecai is named prime minister to replace Haman. A second royal edict is, is, uh, empowers the Jews to fight and kill anyone who would try to harm them. And uh, chapter 9 says, On the 13th of Adar, a day that was designated for Jewish destruction, the Jews are victorious over their enemies. The ten sons of Haman were hung, and on the 14th and 15th of Adar, we were t- uh, it was designated to celebrate the salvation with the days of Purim. And so Mordecai initiates the Purim practices consisting of a festive meal, exchange of gifts of food, and giving of monetary gifts to the poor. And that was to be done forever. Again, let's talk about how long forever is. Okay. Thank you. This is how they rejoiced about God's... Uh, salvation, physical salvation. They had fellowship, they gave each other gifts of food, and they gave money to the poor. I think that's something that we really need to understand as to even today, um, there's a lot of giving to charity in the Jewish community, also the Messianic community uh, at this time. So if you're coming to our services, feel free to bring uh, canned goods and things for the poor. Um, I mean, this is something we do every week. We we feed the homeless. Uh, we have a ministry that feeds the homeless. But, you know, bring food, bring things for the poor, and we will get it to the right place so okay we've kind of finished the story let's see where we go with the application there's so many things to apply here first of all uh you know i mentioned that we have to learn how to take abuse we have to learn how to take when people come after us even if we are totally innocent and I believe this story shows how beautifully Mordecai and Esther did just that. Romans 8.28, if we're going to believe this verse, then we have to act accordingly. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I believe this verse actually is a test of whether or not we trust God and his word. If we're going to get all riled up and and people are going to bait us into anger and and stuff, we are showing that we don't believe Romans 8.28. We make it a physical thing rather than a spiritual thing. God has called us according to his purpose, and his purpose is for us to be a light to the world. And And... When we get embroiled in the things of this world, we are not a light of in this world. The story of Esther is about a king who wants to display the glory of his bride. She is the crown jewel of his kingdom. Does this sound familiar to anybody? 
This is a book that shadows things to come. Yeshua is calling his bride to display her beauty to the world. Yeshua is returning for a beautiful bride. Are we beautiful today? Are we behaving beautifully? Do we speak beautifully? This is one of the applications of this story, that we are to be a beautiful bride just as Esther was a beautiful bride. God uses Esther for two major purposes. First, she saves the Jewish people from destruction. And second, she is likened to the body of Messiah, who also has a role in the salvation of the Jewish people. Now, let's look. If, if Esther is representing the body of believers, let's look at Esther's character. Esther found favor with Haggai. He was the uh, guardian of the women who were preparing for the king when they were going through their beauty treatments and special treatments. And he actually gave um, Esther in uh, chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, special treatment. Why? Because she was humble and teachable. And we see this even when she followed Mordecai's command not to disclose her lineage. And when it was her turn to be presented before the king, she took Haggai's advice rather than asking. The king said, what do you desire? And Haggai had given her the things that she should say. And rather than saying what she desired, she listened to Haggai. And so she was appointed queen. This was another example of her humility and teachable spirit. Oh, does the body of believers have humility and a teachable spirit? Esther's humble character gave her favor with everyone she met. We see that in Esther 2, 15 through 17. She had other excellent qualities, too. In Esther 4, 15 and 16, she declares a fast, asking Mordecai to do the same, and declares that after the three days of fasting, she will go to the king, even if it costs her life. So she was not only humble, but she was bold. She was strong. She was courageous. And yet she understood the need to trust God, even if it doesn't say it specifically in the word. She obviously trusted God. Esther was chosen by God to save the Jewish people, a role that many would apply to a man and Mordecai encouraged her in this role. She was open to be used by God and was part of his plan to keep the Jewish people as a nation before him forever. And isn't that also the role of the body of believers? Oh, well, you know what? It's the end of the, the program. And we haven't done so much on Purim. You've got to come back next week so we can address some more of the applications because this is an amazing, amazing holy day. Well, it's not really a holy day. It's a holiday. The, the Le Leviticus 23 celebrations are holy days, but this is a holiday that is said to be remembered and to be celebrated forever. Okay, look, this week I'm offering a great book. 
It's called God's Appointed Times. It's written by Messianic Rabbi Barney Kasdan. This book will take you through all the holy days in Leviticus 23. Also, it will take you through Hanukkah and Purim. And each chapter offers you historical background, traditional Jewish observance, and relevance to the New Covenant, prophetic significance, and a practical guide for believers who would like to celebrate it, including recipes and songs and crafts. Purim is actually on Thursday, so if you'd like to come and visit us uh, Friday and Saturday, we'd love to have you. Check our website, which is shoreshdavid.org. That's S-H-O-R-E-S-H, shoreshdavid.org. Look, I'd love to send you out this book for a love gift of $25 or more. Call our office. Speak to Karen, 813-831-5673. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.